you got the turtleneck on. It's huh? dark. It's moody. What do I look like? Like a beatneck. Like you look like a like a like you're about to do poetry. Uh huh. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I have a I have a tint. A tint. <laughs> A filter, a nostalgic filter. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, Hi, how are you? Are you still mad at me? Yeah, <laughs> huh? And then the first five minutes of that episode, it's Salt Lake City. So let's tell everybody okay. why I'm mad at you. Okay, every, yeah, go ahead. Tell everybody why you're mad at me. Go ahead. So Donnie put out like, oh my God, I'm, I can barely breathe when I'm watching this Salt Lake City episode. I need to get on a podcast to talk about it. And I said, you should get on Reality is Podcast. And he said, come one, come all. And then before I know it, there's an episode with you and Donnie. I'm like, wait a minute. I was supposed to be together. I wanted to be part of it too. Listen. It wasn't a come one, come all. No, of course. Listen, I said this online. I will say it again. I, I told our friend Ray this. I will record a hundred episodes about just that one episode of Salt Lake City because there is so many different like I, it's just there's, there's so many things like I rewatched a couple of scenes yeah. and like I now I fully believe that Heather and Whitney both knew already before they got to Bermuda because of the way they look when Heather tells Monica when when Heather tells um, Meredith and Lisa that Monica is reality Vontes. Whitney has this look on her face like, oh, shit, they're really mad. Like, and then no, Heather's like. I see, I didn't think of it that way. But oh. see, now you're getting me to talk about it without get, being mad yeah. at you. This is too, you just distracted me. <laughs> you know what I am? I am, I am the Heather to your Whitney. Whitney's like, you exploited my vagina. And Heather's like, okay, okay, let's just talk about the episode. Uh, so you just made me Whitney now. That's like, and then that episode with Donnie, the first few few you know uh sentences in like one hit like are you guys taking it taking it out on me like what is going on here it was what, like what, oh. you felt personally attacked uh -huh. by my episode with donnie yes you know I how it is a good time with somebody else and not you <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> okay okay it that's was, fair. it was a lot of private experiences a lot of like 30 to 40 negative thoughts <laughs> it was just too much you bedored out over it. <laughs> Listen, Shannon and I are going through a very tumultuous time in our lives, okay? <laughs> You're about to go on tour with uh, Vicky Gunvalson, too, just to spite me. Yeah, I am going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me your thoughts about so – you know what my – I wrote down my agenda today of notes to talk mm -hmm. about. So we're going to talk about, obviously, Rahel of Potomac. I have not caught up on Married to Medicine. Oh, we it was just, okay. Yeah. We're going to touch on Beverly Hills. I mm -hmm. haven't caught up on Miami, but I definitely want to get your thoughts on Salt Lake City. So my notes here say, R-H-O-S-L-C, Arthi's time to shine. <laughs> well, it's been a while now. So you know how uh, my brain is you know like how your a brain sieve. works. Well, the, the <laughs> brain is like a sieve. I had a lot of thoughts on the day off. And then I was like, okay, <laughs> now everything has already been said and done. What am I going to add to this? I don't know. The but I, I have to disagree. That I didn't think that Whitney was saying, oh, shit, we should have told them beforehand. I don't think that was it. I think that's the phase that Whitney doesn't 
Whitney doesn't know how to make a scared, sad face. Have you noticed that Whitney smiles through everything? Even when she's fighting, she's smiling. She doesn't have that. That was her ugly cry face. That's how much her face moved. And that's about all she can do because she's like constantly, even when she's mad and even when she's like crying and she's talking about trauma, she always has a silly smile on her face. And I think that's, her way of getting through trauma is to smile through it because she doesn't make an ugly cry face at all. And this was the first time I saw it. And I was like, oh, this is why it is ugly. That's why she doesn't make that cry face. But I love the fact that even before Heather could say something, Lisa was already overwhelmed. She had tears. She was like, she was holding back her tears. Just the fact that Heather had some bad news was enough to get Lisa all <laughs> emotional and I was like oh Lisa this is the real you <laughs> yeah I also she was think- already you know she could barely breathe she was already calling seven <laughs> lawyers in her mind <laughs> I think also like Lisa's thing isn't so much that she's worried about what's going to be said I think Lisa's thing is she's worried that she's out of the loop no, I think she's like worried that the news is going to be like something horrible like somebody died <laughs> Well, that's where her mind goes, it. and then she starts, crying. and then she finds out, oh, it's about, it's it's not about that, and then her, you know, usual self comes through. But uh, Meredith, on the other hand, she's like all melodramatic, the wind blowing through <laughs> her hair, she's turning around, and she's like, I can't take this anymore, poor Brooksy. I don't know. <laughs> she was like, where's the bath? If there had been a bath on that beach, she would have hopped into it to soothe herself. It was just too much. It was just too much. Meredith, finally, the whatever medication she was on wore off at that point. <laughs> she was like, okay. I need to show some energy here. Let me do this. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But the worst part was Heather standing there looking like a pineapple in that dress. (laughs) That's all that dress reminded me of. Looking like a Chiquita banana. It wasn't even a banana. She looked like a pineapple. The whole thing was blowing all around her. She looked like a pineapple. And she's standing there talking about... Like giving all these like pauses for the editors to cut into and, you know, edit out. (laughs) She took her time the whole day since the phone call to the beach was almost a full day, right? Yeah. It was like at least an afternoon. And I know that she consulted with the producers, came up with what she was going to say, went through all of that, wrote it down, and she practiced it before she walked to the beach. And the whole point of having it in the beach instead of a room how dramatic was <laughs> so dramatic <laughs> like so they could have just met in heather's room but they didn't do that no heather was like i'm gonna hold a ceremony here yeah. on the beach it's right. just so like it's honestly you know i wasn't kids- even right off the house it was like all the way till the water so <laughs> they had to walk all the way down take a long walk yes and like you know erica is always like i'm a showman like no heather's a showman (laughs) there's a showman but you know what like i know that people who grow up in church like Mm. a big part of like soup especially like conservative church and i know this is true for like even like muslim spaces Mm -hmm. there is this like there's the showmanship, right, that, like, preachers bring. And I feel like Heather really brings that energy to the show. And, like, in doing this, she's, like, I'm, like, like she's, like, almost, like, um, 
taking control of like her congregation, you know, mm-hmm. by like it's calling a secret meeting mm-hmm. where they're going to talk about what happened. Mm-hmm. And I like I forgot to it mention it was very this. Bollywood uh serial, you know, no, a it Bollywood. Was, yeah, it was an Indian, it was it, an Indian soap opera. They yeah. may might as well have zoomed in and out 50 times, paused With multiple, yeah, multiple soundtracks and yeah. <laughs> And pauses and breaks. I was afraid that they were going to stop the episode there and say to be continued. I was so happy there wasn't a to be continued. Weren't you? I Can mean, you yeah, imagine at if the time. it stopped at that point? So first of all, it was already a back and forth where they were starting with the dinner. And she was yeah. saying, the, that, the reason is, Monica, you are really. And then she stops. And then it goes to the two hours earlier. And then goes to the beach thing. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do the beach thing. And then she wasn't saying reality one piece. Even then, she was, you know, extending it through. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do a to be continued. And then they're going to show them back in Utah doing some stupid nonsensical thing. And then they're going to uh, they're going to come into a coffee shop or something mm. and just blurt it out. And I was no. like, oh, please don't do that. Please don't no, do that. No, no. And I think that's one of the biggest things that... I was so happy because our um, Bravo producers have been so bad at this. The the to be continued has always been annoying. So I'm so glad they didn't do that. I think somebody stepped in and said, no, this makes better TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do have to point out, I forgot to mention this in the last episode, mm-hmm. but like Heather Gaze, one of her dearest friends mm-hmm. is Angie Harrington and her husband. Right. Who also correct. <laughs> Okay, like here's the thing about Monica. We don't know what job Monica has besides like making baby blankets or whatever yeah. it is. Or yeah. pet, but I don't know what they are. Right. But she makes blankets and sells them, right? That was like mm-hmm. her business. Outside of that, she's a mom. Mm-hmm. And outside of that, she worked for Jen Shaw at some point and then she was on social media. Number one, mm-hmm. as a person with like an okay like social media Mm-hmm. Like a very low hanging social media presence, like very, I'm barely mm-hmm. there. You don't make much money off of Instagram. So, like, yeah. Heather being like, oh my God, she's making money off of us. Like, I don't think Monica did anything differently than Angie Harrington and her husband, who right. are your close, dear friends. And Angie Harrington's husband is like a full time attorney. Like, he's a lawyer, he has like a real, like, adult job. And like, Monica, for the most part, is like, a millennial who was obsessed with the internet and housewives and like, you know, made like a shitty fan account. But I don't think that one is worse than the other. I would even say that Angie Harrington's husband is worse than, uh, than Monica because he did way worse. So I don't understand why like Heather is so mad when her buddy that she's trying to get on the show for four seasons yeah. has been doing the same thing. Right. So so I th- first of all, I want to go back a li- even a little bit more and then we'll come back to this. But how did Bravo decide that Monica would be a good housewife? That's, That's a good the question. part I don't understand. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't have the riches. She doesn't have the background. She hasn't done anything where she- people would know her. So this is why I feel like People, they knew, other than the fact that she might have claimed that she's the reason Jen Shah was arrested, but she was a witness in Jen Shah's thing, right? She, that was known. But the reason she was a witness was she worked for Jen Shah. Yeah. But so did so many others. Why didn't right. Koa get, you know, in, into that? Why did 
um, why did Bravo pick um, Monica to be part of the housewife? Not even just, hey, friend off, but to be a housewife. Yeah. Right? So that part is fishy to me. So I feel like there's something else here where the women might have encouraged Bravo to bring on Monica because they knew and uh, Heather might have been introduced to Monica through her hairdresser. And so that is why Heather was bringing her on to talk more about the Jen Shah situation. And they thought they should keep that thread going to Jen Shah and that the women agreed to promote Monica and bring her on, go on a, go on an international trip that's centered around this woman. Yeah. That's a lot of effort. I mean, poor Grandam went to Austin and she had to play chicken shit bingo for her triple 20. Okay. I know. I know. That woman deserved a Bermuda vacation for her birthday. Yes. Okay. But for some reason, the producers and all of the cast members rallied around Monica, put her in the front seat, put her in the middle of this, went on an international trip just for this. Yeah. That is the whole thing there is something is super fishy about it. Either the production knew or and hid certain facts from um the from the women, or the women thought that Monica was going to bring something else to the table that and they agreed to promote Monica. Something happened here because Monica doesn't fit in with how she came into the group. I yeah. was still waiting to see. I thought maybe Monica's ex-husband was like a big deal, was was rich or something. Turns out he was a handyman. <laughs> yeah, it's genuinely confusing. And also, it turns out in 2021, Jen Shah sued the account mm-hmm. and for like defamation or something. And right. or so no, she she sent them a cease and desist, and it had a listed on there all of the names of the people that right. had been using that account. So you're telling me that in 2021, when in 2021, when Heather was still besties with Jen Shah, when right. she was riding or dying for her she and getting run punched into in Monica, the eye. First of all, yeah, that she hadn't even met Monica, that she'd never met Monica and that she didn't know that this was happening. Like, right. When all this stuff started coming out about Angie Harrington's husband having a fake account of Finsta that he was using to harass Jen Shah, Jen Shah didn't tell Heather, oh, by the way, I already served another group of people a cease and desist for the account that they have. You're telling me Heather didn't know? I call bullshit on that. Yeah. So this is why I think that even though Heather presented it as the shocking part of his reality one tease, because I think they truly did not know Monica was involved in that. I I don't know if they didn't know, but I don't think she knew that Monica was still behind it or whatever. But I also think that there was something else that was involved that Monica has betrayed them on something else that they are not talking about where Monica was supposed to come on the show for a reason. And Heather knew and Heather was going to promote that, but something happened. The fact that she sued Heather and Heather didn't know that it was the same person is the actual bigger problem. I agree. I think that the phone call that she got was not from Tanisha. I think it was from her business. uh, No, I thought it was a business partner. Yeah, because no. she asked, what did you find out about the girl? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I think then she confronted Tanisha in the afternoon after no, the phone but call. She says, she says in the confessional that the phone call she got was from Tanisha. Oh. 
So she's just full of shit. Like yeah. I don't trust anything. She Heather might have says. gotten two phone calls, but I'm saying that. And Heather, I'm saying that the reason Heather is bothered and was so shocked is because she didn't. She was dumb enough not to realize that Monica Fowler was same as Monica Garcia. Yes, but maybe true. Yes, but I think what was what was the reality one tease thing? I think I don't think any of them uh, were shocked about it. I think they knew. Yeah, and I think ultimately they sort of turned on they just decided that this would be a great way to to turn on her and right. to produce a television show. And you know what? In that regard I say bravo. Great, but you're bravo yeah. because yeah. I am so entertained. Yeah. Um looking forward to the reunion tonight. Right. Gonna be a great time. Yeah. Can't wait. I loved of all the memes and everything online. I love the drunk drawn did you see the drunk drawn? I haven't seen the drunk drawn yet. Oh, it's so good. I want it blown up. I want it on my wall. <laughs> you have to see it. It's so good. With Monica looking like she's uh, like an assassin of some kind. <laughs> she's like she's like a medieval assassin or something. <laughs> With her shawl around her. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Uh, wait, I just looked at it. Oh, that is good. That is really good. And I love the Meredith. Meredith and Lisa with her giant mouth open. Oh. <laughs> Isn't it so beautiful? Good. And Whitney looks so with her eyes popping out. It's just so good. It's so good. All right. Um, before we get into Potomac, you mm. want to talk about Beverly Hills and all this Garcelle and Dorit stuff because I didn't talk about it last week. Oh. And it's just like I, I genuinely don't understand how this is even like discourse. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think it's that hard to put together here, guys. Yeah. Dorit behaved like a Karen. Yeah. And Garcelle continued sa- to do so at the And lunch. continued to do so. Mm-hmm. Garcelle said, you're acting like a Karen. And then Dorit said, but I'm Jewish. Yeah. And Garcelle said, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she's like, but you know, Garcelle, like, I come from a marginalized community. Therefore, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would never do that. And it's like. Yeah, that's also why Garcelle is continuing to be so shocked by your behavior. Yeah, because right. as a person who comes from a marginalized community, you should it's, know that these words matter. Yeah. And just because you come from a marginalized community, does that mean that you are immune to behaving in racist ways? Mm-hmm. We've talked about this a million times on this podcast, that minorities can be racist. Mm-hmm. And anti-Black racism is a real problem. Mm-hmm. And just because you are a minority or you belong to a marginalized community does not give you the free pass to behave like white people behave. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's not yeah. It's not our that people, complicated. Our people are super racist when it comes to black people. They do. They are. Yes. And yeah. that that is something that you know, you have to be aware of. And the fact that she said she she sits down and she says, I didn't realize that that was a trigger for you. I'm sorry if it triggered you. Right. And Garcelle walks her through that. Garcelle, mm-hmm. even though she said, I'm not here to educate you. She eventually ends up explaining to her that you cannot use these kinds of words. Right. And so does Erica before that. But the what Dorita sitting there and what she's saying when she says that, I am Jewish and therefore I cannot, I would not say that. No, you did say that and you didn't know the implication, Correct. which means that you were being at that point, you, you didn't know that. So just because you were Jewish didn't mean that you automatically understood the black experience. You did not. That's why you use that word. 
Garcelle and everybody else is giving you the grace to say you didn't know, and that's why it's okay. Just like if I were to see here um, a new immigrant in this country come and say something that would be offensive, I would correct them and tell them that this would be offensive to an American. Yeah. Please don't say it, right? That's the kind of grace that uh, Garcelle is giving Dorit. But Dorit doesn't, it misses misses the whole thing. And she says, do you know when you say that, it's quite hurtful to me, Garcelle. It is so hurtful. And she keeps sitting there looking at Garcelle with this superiority, like as if she had one uh, argument. She sits there blinking at Garcelle, looking as if she had just won the argument because she has just proven that Garcelle hurt her. Yeah. Meanwhile, she doesn't want to acknowledge that she hurt Garcelle and she did it and she continues to do it and she doesn't want to correct her behavior, which is so bizarre when you are called out and you are not correcting your behavior. That's bizarre. And that's Karen behavior. Yeah, it's fragility on display. It's correct. Dorit's fragility on display that, oh, my God. I'm so hurt that you think that I would behave in a racist way after I behaved in a racist way. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> well, let's get like, what does that even mean? That doesn't right. mean anything. Like, the yeah. whole point is that if you are aware that racism exists, if you are aware that marginalized communities have to be, are more sensitive to certain words, if you're, yeah. if you claim to be aware of those things, then you are even more responsible for making sure that you don't hurt other people. Like yeah. as a person of color, as a brown woman, as a brown woman, I go above and beyond to try to make sure that I'm not micro or macro aggressive or racist adjacent. And I would be lying if I said that I've never done anything that is microaggressive or or racist like i have we all have but the whole point is that you're supposed if if dorit had said well shit garcelle you know i'm still learning and i'm still figuring it out and i'm really sorry because i care about you and i didn't want that to happen and i apologize that you keep having to explain this all she had to do was i learned something here today and i'm i'm uh i'm sorry that um I said those things and I should have known better only because I'm also from a marginalized community. So I should have known better. Yeah, exactly. I should but be instead, doing better. And I yeah, didn't. And I'm yeah. sorry for that. But instead, she's like, I'm now uh, also Vic- hurt because yeah. you called me uh, racist adjacent. Yeah. Okay. Then don't behave racist adjacently. <laughs> right. And then nobody's <laughs> going to call you that. It's very straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. And then people I, are like, Garcelle is using the I, race I, card. I cannot wait for the um, reunion because I cannot see Dorit ever getting it. No, she's never going to get it. So this is going to be where she's they are brought it up and people are going to say it. And she's still going to stick to her guns because she just doesn't get it. Because that's how Dorit does. Exactly. Yes. And I think that... Um, I'm excited to see um, Dorit try to walk back her social media posts since. Right. Saying that she's happy to live in her bubble. Her bubble includes her kids. Right. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. But also, I wasn't quite happy with the uh, when Dorit said, everybody uses the word attack. Other people have used it against other people, uh, the word attack. And then the um, producer showed all these instances of other people using the word attack. And I'm like... That wasn't necessary. Why? No, and also, but it then almost again, comes to as if if there were other Karens watching that episode, they would be like, "Yeah, see, see." Yeah, 
But that's the thing. Like that is the – it confused me also because Erica literally said in the last episode, it's different when a white woman says it to a black woman, okay? It's very different, especially because Garcelle isn't attacking you. Right. Garcelle is not attacking you, but you have attacked Garcelle. You have screamed at Garcelle. I think it comes down to the basic thing of like people from marginalized communities like Jewish or Muslim that may not look brown or black don't realize that they look white and they have some privileges. Yeah. You have to acknowledge your... And that's something that they don't quite know or they don't haven't registered. And so they have been enjoying certain privileges that other people that cannot hide their color. Absolutely. Right? Right. Yeah. And that's something that she doesn't get, that it's not about the race. Yeah. It's not just about the race. Yeah. It's about how you look. It's about how you talk, where you're from. Yes. And I think that a lot of people in marginalized communities still have to do the work where they have to recognize, like you said, their privilege to because of their proximity to whiteness and how that benefits them in situations like this. Right. The reality is even between two black people, even between two black people that look exactly the same, that speak exactly the same, if one of those people belongs to an affluent community, Mm -hmm. that person is going to be treated better than the person who lives in a less affluent community because Mm -hmm. affluence is also a proximity to whiteness because Mm -hmm. of how white supremacy works. Mm -hmm. So it's, there's a lot of intersectional things that we have to think about when it comes to these things. But when you look at it from the surface, Garcelle and Dorit are essentially in the same playing field. They're both famous women. Mm -hmm. I would argue Garcelle more famous than Dorit, but they're both famous women. They're wealthy women. I would argue Garcelle more wealthy than Dorit because (laughs) as we know, the money has run out. Mm -hmm. But essentially in this platform, they're the same. They're both housewives. Mm -hmm. They both probably have the same paycheck. They both have the same platform, right? So they're considered to some degree equals, right? Mm -hmm. But Garcelle is still a black woman. Yes, been different growing exactly. up. Exactly, Garcelle's experience and continues a, to be different. Exactly, now. and she's yeah. held to a different standard as a black woman right. on right. TV. And I very much recognize that Dorit in her life is held to different standards as a Jewish woman. That happens. Yeah. That's real. But in this particular situation, right, that's not the discussion here. Right. So anyway, uh, um, yeah, that was let's, uh, that was very upsetting for me. And then the the food keeps food came, and Garcella's like, "I'm just about ready to leave." And this waiter keeps coming in, and it was just like so annoying. It's like, <laughs> well, let's move on to Potomac. Oh, let's glorious a- celebration of the Grand Dame. The whole episode was a celebration of the Grand Dame, but it was a poor celebration. <laughs> I feel so bad for her. I'm not going to lie. This episode was kind of a drag. Uh-huh. I had to focus on the Grand Dame to enjoy the yeah. episode. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I what's going on? I don't know what's going Ashley ends up using her vagina painting supplies to have a paint Karen event, which was sweet. <laughs> I did really like it. Like I liked it. I liked it. I thought that was a good exercise. I liked everybody's interpretation of Karen. <laughs> like, this is the thing. Robin is hilarious. Yes. 
she made that blue check. Like Robin is genuinely so funny. Yeah. Right. Like she is really funny, but she just gets so butt hurt and she's so sensitive about things. But she's that- no, she's butt hurt. She's butt hurt about how Juan treats her, but he's she's taking it out on the wrong people. Yeah. Exactly. That's the problem because she cannot take it. She's trying to fix the relationship with Juan, so she cannot take it out on Juan. So she's trying to blame other people on it. But really, it comes down to Juan. Juan told her the last time she had an issue, she called Juan. Juan was like, I don't want to hear this. This is dumb. Why are you even giving them any time? Don't even listen to them. I'm. This is bullshit and walked away. Now he's telling her today, go and listen to her. Listen yeah. to what she has to say. Be the be the bigger person, Robin, for once. I'm like, what the fuck? So condescending. Like what this woman fuck? has been the bigger person in your entire fucking marriage. And like, I just mm. and see, that's the thing. I think that Candace sees stuff like that. And mm-hmm. she's like a person with sense and mm-hmm. emotions. And she's like, this fucking sucks. Yeah, like Robin it sucks is for my friend. Exactly, and I have to speak the truth, but she's going to take it out on me because I spoke the truth. She's going to be mad at me, and it sucks for our friendship. And she's genuinely sad, but she has to speak the truth and call out people when they do shitty stuff. Let's talk about this Candace and Robin thing that happens at yeah. this dinner. Ashley, of course, as usual, stirring some shit up, wants to have this conversation. And I think Ashley is uh, well in – I wouldn't say she's well-intentioned no. ever. No. She's never well-intentioned. She pretends like she's well-intentioned because she says she cares about Candace getting so emotional over Robin and she sees that there's a friendship. But the issue is that she doesn't speak to Candace in a way that is going to help her gently have this conversation. Mm-hmm. She's like, Candace, the way you're behaving in the car and the way you behave on social media like doesn't make sense like do you even care about her blah 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 like Mm -hmm. she kind of comes attacking her but the big argument they're having here is how Candace is approaching the situation and how Robin is and I think that there's an issue here of social media and the platform you use to fight your fight Candace uses social media to fight her fights yeah Robin and Giselle use this show to fight uh-huh. their fights. And uh-huh. I think that that is why Candace keeps saying the goalpost keeps moving. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we say that we can use whatever we want to put mm-hmm. pe- to talk about whatever, but when I use something now that's not allowed. But mm-hmm. it, and and then when I try to use the show, you say that's not allowed either. Mm-hmm. So like what are we doing here and why does the goalpost keep moving? She is absolutely right in that. Um and remember when Candace went on on Instagram and said called Robin a fraud that was after Robin had done had hidden everything about Juan and had talked about it behind a paywall on her social media account right exactly it's it's, it's, Robin wasn't doing anything different she was actually getting paid to share that story on um on a uh, on a different platform and so Candace called her out on it now having said that Robin was also supporting her friend calling and was talking about Candace and Chris on her podcast. She might have done it as a question to Giselle and she may not have said the words that Giselle said, but she was participating in discussing Chris and believing. And she even said that she believed Giselle, right? So she believed Giselle, which meant that she thought that Chris had done all of this thing Mm -hmm. and he was a predator, right? 
Yeah. So it's valid for Candace to be upset about about that. But now when Candace is not doing anything, all Candace said, by the way, is that you shouldn't have talked about the legal thing online. I'm not going to talk about my legal drama with um with um um Gollum. Michael. Michael. I forgot his name. Gollum. But I'm not having I'm not gonna talk about it because Look and uh, and because Robin, you are asking me why I'm not talking about it. I'm going to tell you why because you talked about your husband and it didn't work out well. Yeah, that's not a good thing to do. That's all she said. She didn't say about anything about. Ro- she did not say anything about one cheating. Mm-mm. At least in that fight, in that Mm-mm. fight in the in the car, she didn't say anything about that. She only said that when you have a legal thing, you don't talk about it and you shouldn't have done it about one and his legal issues. Yeah. That Maybe. was to shut her up because Robin was pushing to un- pushing for more info. Robin asked, and that's why Candace responded. Robin started that. Candace yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that Candace, like... I think everyone's also mad about different things. Like right. Robin is mad about Candace's use of social media. Candace is mad at Robin's friendship and ultimately collusion with Giselle. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Giselle thinks Candace doesn't have any right to talk about Juan, which sort of adds to the issue. She thinks that Candace is a petulant brat. Uh-huh. Then you have on top of it sort of like sprinkled in their their past beefs. Like I think that it's just such a mess. But I was just thinking about something. Like I'm thinking about the fact that like Dorit gets to behave the way that she does on Potomac or the mm-hmm. ladies in Salt Lake City get to behave the way they do on their show. And they continue to sort of like live in their bubbles, right? Yeah. And there's almost like a protection that they have of the television show from like outside noises. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Potomac, they're so tuned in to the audience and mm-hmm. to Twitter and to social media and blogs. And I'm wondering if there is something to say about the fact that like – People of color, women of color feel that they are responsible to the people that they are representing, right? Like, I wonder if there is almost like this feeling that Candace or Robin or Giselle or any of these women feel to how the show performs on ratings, how the show performs on social media, what people are saying, I, what do I, they want to see? There's a little bit of that. What, what do they not want to see, right? So I think that there is so much... Uh, and I don't know if there's actually is a real impact of the sh- of social mm-hmm. media on the show because the only thing that social media ever did was we made sure that Monica or Monique didn't come back, but that's mm-hmm. also because Monique was she attacked a coworker, right? Yeah. But I think that the women in Potomac feel like the social media discourse the viewers and what they have to say and all that stuff is something that they're responsible for. And that when, so when Candace goes on social media and she essentially is telling Robin's boss that Robin should be fired from her job. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, Robin is dealing with a legal issue where Juan's going to potentially get lose his job. Yeah. This is, this is, this is impacting true Robin's finances. This is impacting Robin's job. So we're adding like another But what Giselle did impacted. No, of course. No, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that that stuff isn't true, but I'm saying that from Robin's perspective, Mm -hmm. she's like, 
you're supposed to be my friend. You don't want me to have my job anymore. And on top of that, you think that I'm responsible for why my husband lost his job. Like, And you're using social media and likes and tweets and retweeting people who are saying that Robin should get fired. Like, You're adding to my misery, right? And what Candace is saying is, while that's true, you all added to the misery of my husband and how he lost his job and his reputation and my stepkids and all that kind of stuff. The issue is that Candace will never trust Robin because Robin is friends with Giselle. And the way Candace, the way Robin is mad at Juan, but is taking it out on Candace, Candace is mad at Giselle and is taking it out on Robin. Robin, exactly. And and I don't think that uh, Candace saying, I really think that Juan has said that what Candace said to Robin about having, you shouldn't have talked about the legal stuff online and that's why I lost the job. I truly think that Juan has said that. To yes, 100%. 100% he has said that. You went online and talked it and now I've lost my job. I'm pretty sure he lashed out at her and that's why it hit so close to home for Robin. And she exactly. truly thinks that she messed up her kids and her family's futures by doing that. And she feels, even though it is Juan's responsibility and he is the one who lost his job, he his actions are what caused that firing. She has taken it upon herself that she caused it. And that is sad that she has such low self-esteem to think that that was her fault. Because yeah. she's sitting there crying on the side of the road, feeling miserable because she absolutely has zero support. She has zero support from Juan. He thinks she's the cause of everything. Meanwhile, he now has to come and make pizza dough with all of them because he doesn't have a job and he needs a little bit more money. <laughs> yes. Where Mia is going to start asking questions about the credit cards. Yeah. So, like, good luck with that. Have mm-hmm. fun talking to dumb, dumb Mia. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about this new set of information that Wendy drops this episode, that her mother is in the hospital and mm-hmm. that's why she's been so upset and so triggered by this whole NECA so mother her mother had some stuff. stomach ache and she had to go to get a scan done and she did a colonoscopy or endoscopy or something, right? There was some sort of surgery involved. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> I thought it was convenient. Sounds like I'm, a case I'm, of girl. I'm, I'm, I'm sure other people are going to think it's convenient. Even but thought it was I also convenient. don't understand why <laughs> a simple endoscopy is considered like a huge medical procedure that they have to get all worried and cry and dual drama about. I think that's a, I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of like, because I think. Uh, I know people get scared of the sm- simplest procedures. I understand. Yes. That, but. I think, I think also though, I think that Wendy's mom is a single mom, right? Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if like their entire, and we've talked about this before, like how she's like scared of her mom and like really yeah. obsessed with her mom. I think that there's a lot of pressure that she feels as like a child of an immigrant single mother that like she's constantly like protecting her mother even in her nonsensical behavior. Yeah. But then also that like she has to hold a lot of her mother's emotions. Yeah. And so when her mom is allegedly calling and saying she has likely a bad case of GERD, Uh Wendy is really taking it personally and you know because they're like because of like old school like nazar like evil eye stuff it's like oh well see now this is also happening to my mother because these people 
are coming yeah. for my mother and they're thinking negative things about my mother and now my mother is getting sick and it's because of you all that she like it's mm. just it's like we're really conflating a lot of things here mm. Wendy mm. yeah and I liked uh, the granddad's response there. She's like, oh, I love your mom. I You should have shared. And she gave her a hug. I absolutely loved Karen the whole episode. Karen calls out when um, Ashley is talking about, like, oh, Robin is crying. And then and uh, Karen says, well, if you to value Robin's tears but not Candace's, I'm not buying it, right? Yes. So she's like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I mean, exactly. they're both upset because they both – and you – and Giselle really have caused all this because Giselle talked about Chris and said some nonsense. And then um, Ashley, you have been bringing up their Candace and Robin's issues and st- going after Candace. There was yeah. no need for Ashley to bring it up. They had a good day. They could have ended on a nice note, but Ashley had to stir the pot. And also, let's not forget that. But in Ash- the end, she's the person that Ashley is really hurting is. Robin, because then Robin has to go and cry, and then she calls one and gets, again, a condescending response, and she gets no love from him, and that is even more hurtful to her. So she she's the one that's hurting here, the more. Yeah. The most. And and also, let's not forget the fact that Ashley also brought a bunch of dorks on camera to claim uh-huh. that um, Chris and Eddie were both flirting with yeah. these losers like i think it's like it's so it's so disingenuous for ashley to be like what's going on candace like what's going on with like you and robin like i really care about your friendship like no Mm -hmm. you don't like Mm -hmm. you don't care yeah you're just stirring shit up yeah um the drag show was really fun um i love that karen is so touched by people wearing t-shirts with her name on it or with her pictures on it i was like how did all these all these folks all these gays figure out that karen was going to be in town and it was her birthday oh my god i'm sure the drag i'm sure that bar probably put a message out like we're gonna be having rehearsals of potomac film yeah um come celebrate the grand dame's birthday yeah, what did you think about um, NECA being a hater while Wendy was doing her little walk? Ugh, stupid. I keep forgetting she's even on the show. Me too. She's very forgettable. There's nothing nothing exciting about NECA. No, nothing at all. Yeah, she can go. Yeah. I won't, I won't even me- remember her. I'm sorry. And I'm tired of this whole thing, shrine thing. Like, what do you have other than that? I'm bored. And why are you speaking up about uh, the Robin and Candace fight? You weren't even there. Like, what? Yeah, you claim to be somebody who doesn't know who Wendy Osefo is, but then you also know all about the Robin and Candace. Like, please, please. Yeah. Also, I didn't mention this before, but like the very first or second episode that NECA was on, she said something like, oh, yeah, Robin, let's go get some cockies. And I was like, OK, Marisol fan. I Anybody know. who's a Marisol fan can go fuck themselves. OK. Correct. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about. What would your drag name be? Oh, my God. Well. This I liked is what, all their drag names, by the so way. So this is a very specific – I've always said this, that if I was a DJ, a female DJ, mm-hmm. my name – and this is only something that desis or people who speak any South Asian language, particularly no vulgar words, would know, is I said that my desi DJ name would be Run DMC. <laughs> <laughs> So that would be my Daisy drag name. And for you guys who don't get it, Randy is whore. 
<laughs> so that would be my drag name would be Jen DMC. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> what would yours be? I don't know. Come up with one for me. I was like, I'm having hot flashes. So I thought Audrey Hotburn, but. I don't know. That was Rundy MC. Rundy MC is so good. I need one. Uh, I need one with which is you know it has to be a daisy one too. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Arthi also means like fire, right? Yeah. Like a, a blessed. Yeah. So there, yeah. we got to add that to your hot flash. Yeah, I know. So maybe the listeners can come up with me. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Um, we'll figure something out for you, Auntie Arthi. <laughs> Auntie, I keep thinking Arthi Utaro, but but that could kind of go into like taking your clothes off, like something like that. But I don't know. I have to figure it out. We gotta, we got to brainstorm a little bit more. Um, I know. I'm gonna watch a few more episodes of Ultimate Girls Trip. Are you uh-huh. available this week to talk about it with sure. Raheel? I yeah, I've watched okay. all of them. I think. I yeah. Think. I yeah. watched till I watched till um Luann finally gets him. But that's I think that's the last episode. <laughs> I don't know if there's another one after Spoiler that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> but who is it? You don't know that. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you don't know who. But uh, I hope it's Jacques. Um <laughs> Anyway. Oh, that would have been that would be good if Jack really came, finally flew down and said it's Harry and it's he Harry Dubis as the pirate. <laughs> hey, are you going to the crappies? I got the tickets because uh-huh. because our friend Shannon got us the tickets. Yeah, so we have the tickets. Yeah, I have to figure out the flights. Okay. I know you, you're going right. I'm going, so I'll be oh, in LA you, next you have month. Where to stay? No. Okay. If you guys have recommendations about where I should stay in LA, holla at your girl because yeah. I'm going to be coming to LA to be at the Crappies. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking excited. at the tickets. I was looking at it this morning. They're not too expensive. They're fine. No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. So yeah. my husband is going to Mexico for five days, and this is, and then I'm going to go to LA for five yeah. days. My problem is that I'm going to be starting a new job. That far Congratulations! Said so like trying to take off right after that. Right, does it join? I have to figure that out. Say it's a family emergency. I know. Your daddies need you. COVID. Your pod daddies need you. COVID. (laughs) There's always COVID. (laughs) 